because he's in that movie. Michael Keaton's also in that movie as both Batman, Batman. I don't know. <laughs> That's actually a big conundrum, man. Is it Batman or Batman? <laughs> <laughs> I think it has to be Batman's right? <laughs> because like it's Batman and then Tony it can't be Batman because Batman means like they're, they're half bat half man Hello and welcome to the Popcorn for Dinner podcast. It's a special episode today. We're talking about back tattoos, Dune and Zendaya, Will Smith and a possible Oscar, Project X, which Obira has apparently never seen, and other TV shows that are on right now. And of course, we're talking about Succession, including Kendall's incredible music choice, like top tier quality stuff. And joining me today... He's got a dick the size of a red sequoia. Oh my and he God. fucks like a bullet train. Oh. It's Jeeps. That's probably like the best introduction I've ever had in my life. I, I, I knew you would appreciate that. I want to, first of all, <laughs> apologize to any listeners. <laughs> if you're hearing that. <laughs> we are starting. Like, right off the bat. But you know what? You watch the show. You watch Succession. This is not be like. Also, it was either that or like Privacy, Pussy and Pasta. And I, I, I feel like oh. I made the right choice. So... <laughs> Why come here, man? So, yeah, obviously, we're back, Succession. I'm back on the podcast. You're back. Oh, yeah, we kicked you off last week, didn't we? We kicked you off last week, didn't you? Revolution is being fucking recorded, man. Just before we go into any... any... Probably my next moves. Uh, I'm sure. Before we go into any nitty-gritty of this episode, quick programming notes. Like like you mentioned last week, you and our friend Victoria recorded on last week's Succession episode. And also fought everyone that listens to dubbed instead of reading subtitles you can also give accurate, yeah. great anime recommendations live action japanese tv recommendations so that's a good episode for anyone who wants to catch up and this is a this is the first of a two-parter not well not two-parter this is the first of two episodes we're bringing out this on section this week Later in the, in the week, I'll be joined by a guest to kind of preview the last two episodes of the season and kind of like give ideas of where we think the season might end up. Speaking of the episode that you guys did last week, you mentioned how you're trying to rebrand. And I, <laughs> I called you Jibs in the, in the intro. I think that's the first time I ever called you Jibs on the podcast, like, at least. Do you want to just give a brief history to our listeners why you're called Jibs? Where that name, where that name come from? No. Okay, that's fair. That's <laughs> fine. That's like a that's like my uh, my little mystery in it. Good, we all need we all need to have them. Anyways, okay. Obrea, do you know do you know what today is? Do you know what this episode is? What's today? It's our fiftieth episode. It's the fiftieth episode it? of Popcorn for Dinner. It is. It should be a bank holiday, man. It should be a bank holiday. Soon comes. It's fair. Soon we'll have like an extra bank holiday next year because of the Queen is turning. Hopefully it's she like makes it. 50 Knock or on wood. <laughs> Bro, they said we're not going to see her till February. We have to knock on wood that she makes it. Oh my goodness, man! How many they're still making her do like real details when she's like fucking ninety something? She's fossil. She needs to be at home. Um, yeah. Congrats to us, man! Fifty episodes. What do you say is like your favorite episode so far? Well, I was going to say that, and five of them are good. So out of fifteen, <laughs> we got five good ones. We got five good ones in the can, man. 
Um, my 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 best one is 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 the next one. The next one we do. Mm. Or the last one. So a political answer, man. Trying to increase the hype, aren't I? Um little disclaimer as we go into this episode. Um a little bit under the weather. So if it feels like I don't know what I'm talking about more than usual, I apologize. But just help just I don't know, bear with us. Of course, Why are you under the weather back, Kelly? We're not talking about that. Um <laughs> I'm not. I'm not trying to. Uh, okay. <laughs> How you been, man? We have, we have we have fifty episodes. Can you imagine? Did you think it was going to happen when we started this podcast? Like fifty not episodes. Really, no. That's like, like oh, gosh. the one good thing about podcasting is like you are sort of listening to yourself. It's like, do I really sound like that? But if that's you're, the one good thing. If I'll... you're a weirdo like me, actually, actually likes listening to themselves talk. <laughs> I use my podcast like twice or three times or something, but. Is the things that you sort of say, and it just is like part of your lexicon is like 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 mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. basically or this and that, and it's just like, gosh, do I really sound like that? But, I know, I know mine, but the problem is that when you say it out loud, everyone once everybody else knows it, they hear it every time. Yeah, so I don't, I don't want to say it because like everybody will now start hearing it every time we say it in, in the episodes. But I, obviously, because I listen to an episode at least three four times in editing and when it comes on everything, so. I I know I have like two and I'm not even going to say them because like everybody will not know what they are. How are your public well, speaking skills? How are my public speaking skills? Yeah. I'm competent, confident. I've always... Yeah, to be fair, you were a director of a, of a short film so and there must have been a lot of extras, a lot of staff yeah. and stuff so you must have, I mean, to, you must have had yeah. to be quite, you know, confident and competent in what you were saying. Yeah, Lola Union. I don't know. Ah, I, I, right. I back myself. But anyway, um, how you been, man? Obviously, I wasn't on last week. How, how have you been last couple of weeks? Same old man. Just drinking like a fish, smoking like a chimney, swiping, swiping. Wow. Okay. <laughs> you will fit right in in Kendall's party. <laughs> when I saw Greg just sort of ask that girl, I was just like, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> Which one? When he finally asked her when he was in the, in the southern. No, 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 no. Not that time. The first time when he was just like, fucking chickened out and yeah. just shot himself there. That was like, that's me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, speaking of shit himself, um, President Conor Roy. Oh, uh, but before we get into succession, we'll, we'll talk about that later in the episode. Um, last week, I went to a Dune screening. Oh, you fucking snake, man. Yeah, you went to see Lester the boy. Square. I was like, oh, I'm not around this week. I'm not around this night. I was like, why? It's like, I'm not around. What do you mean around. by snake? You are, you are in I was like, Bristol. This guy, what would you have like, done? I thought, you, I thought you were going to see something else. But then I see your Instagram story. It's like fucking Denny Villeneuve. And it's just like, what? Do you ask any questions? No. Can you imagine? So like the Q&A, quote unquote Q&A was just like the person that was interviewing him and, and him. Like with they didn't open the question up to the audience. Surely there should be like an opportunity for about yeah, like five, have. ten people to ask I mean, to questions. be fair, he did answer one of my like two or three questions like in the first five minutes of him speaking. So I was like, okay. Well, right. That was that was nice, like, at least. But yeah, it was like, obviously it was nice to just be in the same room as Dini. And again, it was good to watch, because I was going to watch Dune again already, but it was good to watch in like IMAX this time and just like, you're like, oh, this is cinema. Also, speaking of Dini, I might have, I might have come around on Arrival. Why? I might have come around on arrival. I don't know. I was just thinking. I I, I was watching bits and pieces here, and I was just like, okay, this is a, this is a really, I mean, this is a top t- five sci-fi movie of the decade of the century or something. Mm, or top yeah, ten. That's fair. Mm. 
I still think Children of Men is like something else. That's a masterpiece. I didn't love sci-fi. It's sci-fi, but it's more of like dystopian kind of thing. Is that in Naruto? Or am I thinking of Babu? Yes. Oh, it's Children of Men in Naruto, right? I didn't know that was sci-fi. No, not in Naruto. What's the other guy? Quaron. Quaron. There we go. Okay. Yeah. Him. Before Clive Owen started doing Betfair ads, he was actually an actor. <laughs> yes. He was actually an actor. Children so. of Men and, and Inside Man. He's... I think he has a few things coming up, man. I think his Wikipedia page, his MD page is filling up. So yeah, it was just to have Dini, to be in the same room as Dini, obviously. But then, like, the questions were not, like... I guess some people in the audience, they were good questions. But, like, someone like me who consumes, like, every American late-night talk show, like, I've seen all the interviews, like, they were not questions that were mind... Um, what do you call it? Mind, mind-breaking to me, so... Who are your top two late-night hosts, by the way? Um... Are we talking about everyone? Yeah. Like we're talking about like we're talking about Daily Show and like Yeah. Everyone. Oh. Okay. Who? Um Colbert. That's one of mine. Colbert. Colbert is just like an all-round. Like he's he's the smartest. Yeah. I think he's the he, smartest. I think he's he's got substance to his stuff. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. And in the last few years I've really started liking like i've not started like i've really liked seth myers a lot in the last few years i think that's he's three or two for me i also like conan as well well i mean yeah I, I, he's not part of he's not there anymore so like oh he's not there anymore is this yeah he retired, he retired this year he needs to come back to it man what's he doing he's going to do another show but like he's in terms of late night show he's kind of he's stand watching james Corden anymore i'm so glad no 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 took him away from away from this country that's like the one good thing America you know, has done it's weird about Corden because like I liked well not I liked Corden in the sense of like I liked watching his bits and everything but I didn't love him but I didn't know how much the UK hated James Corden <laughs> until like oh wow you guys hate James Corden yeah um, I like Kimmo I like Kimmo because like he was kind of the first person I ever got into like late night stuff and things like mean tweets and stuff so I like Kimmo uh, but yeah, it might be Kobe and Seth. Actually. Jimmy Fallon. No, 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 no. That was the first like late night host I I completely got off. I was just like, no. <laughs> like this is just like, so shit, man. Too many games, too like the fake laughter. I was like, no, this is too schlocky. Yeah, it's no, just no substance for me. for me. Yeah. For example, I started liking Kimo more when he like when his son had the whole heart thing and he became yeah. A so like, but Fallon was just like, I was like, there's no, there's no substance here. I can't be, <laughs> I can't do this. Well, like, I really like all of them. Like, this is a mirror, incredible. Um, obviously, Daily Show is, I can't really call it a late night show because that's just, that's a political, that's a comedy political show and everything. But anyway, that's not what, I don't, how, how do we get there? What is, what is this podcast? Um, some quick things that, because I was listening to the Dini thing and then, first of all, he loves Zendaya. This guy is like, he was talking about how he's like, he can't wait to get back to. Of course, he fucking loves her. He was showing like 60. 100 fucking visions of that girl in that movie. Yeah, so apparently, like, he was like, he said that after they finished shooting, like he just took Zendaya and like a small crew back to the desert and just started shooting extra scenes. Of course. Of <laughs> he course. was like, he can't wait to like work with her on part two. That was like the biggest thing he's looking forward to. Part. Like, and I, look, and I think I didn't know it. I knew in terms of like she had that kind of social thing. I think it was watching this movie, I was like, oh, Zendaya is like a movie, like a movie star. When you watch, you're like, oh, okay. She she mm-hmm. kind of has it. And I think, obviously, Denise seen that. So, um, yeah, so he says very excited to watch. He obviously gushed about Shalami as well. Apparently, they're shooting in, like, 
next year, I think summer 2022 for part two. Oh, funny thing about so Hans, apparently Hans Zimmer has always wanted to do like a a Dune movie. He only wanted to score a Dune movie. So much so that he never watched any of the other Dune adaptations. Because he wanted what's that like fucking what's that weirdo director who chain smokes like a Lynch. Yeah, we go. He didn't watch that one. He didn't want that one. He didn't want the TV show because he wanted like to come in with fresh, like his own ideas. He didn't want right. to have anything. Was, that's the only person that could have scored scored Dune. Apparently, like, he like created like new it. instruments. So, like Dini was like, yeah, like hands. <laughs> just like he was just going to the studio and hands just like combined a different wind instrument with a different, just combining things to create new sounds and everything. So yeah, yeah. So that's what I did. I saw that last week. I think I've seen the best actor winner for next year. I think I've watched that person. So, first of all, you're going to need to apologize to the entire film and black community. Yeah. When you watch King Richard. Well, I've heard it. I've heard his performance is really, really good. Like, insane. Also, the movie is actually quite good. So, you're going to need to apologize to the entire black community. Well, I said, I said the movie is going to be either really good or really bad. But so. you also said the trailer made it look bad. So. I did say the trailer made it look bad. <laughs> That's why I'm the movie expert, man. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's, it's, a again, I don't want to talk about, obviously we're going to talk about it eventually, but like, it's a, it's not what you like, if you think, if you hear, oh, Will Smith is in an Oscar nominated performance and he's been a real life person, he's very good. You, you think he's going to be quite showy and it's a very quite understated movie or performance rather. And it's like, but it gives him, it gives him like four or five scenes to be like, yeah, take, this is what you're going to submit to the Oscars. Yeah, Tim Buddy. Like, had like some some Oscar bait movies, man. It's just like, yeah. But um, well, this yeah, actually, so like, actually win here, so who knows? I think so. So basically, so yeah, I was saying, I think I've watched there yeah, are two of them. It's Will in in King Richard and Andrew Garfield in Tick Tick Boom. Andrew Garfield in any other year, I think he wins Best Actor tactic boom yeah i think more people just know i like will smith so good in this movie it's ridiculous Plus the fact that his wife is just talking breezy every time <laughs> no but i think so i think will is a lot of things will is like everybody loves will smith everyone in hollywood loves will smith right and except jada I think there's the, it's very easy to make the narrative that it's it's his time you know when you're just like is this person's time like it was like yeah. it's brad pitt's time it's matthew like it's just is this person's time and he's yeah, been the wrong movie isn't it I think give a don't shit even, if he slept don't in. Even, don't even get me started on, on that Revenant win, please. But um, <laughs> we're, we're going to talk about that later. This in have you watched that movie? Podcast, right? Have you watched that movie twice? I've never watched, watched it again. I'm, I'm oh. never going to watch it again. Matt Damon should clearly have won for that year for the Martian. Ah, was that was the Martian. Him. That was the Martian. Oh my god. Anyway, well, that was just him doing his stuff. Um, well, to fake, we should make the argument that Leo should have won for. Uh, What's that fucking movie called? Uh, Wolf of Wall Street over... So just to spoil a future episode, we're going to have a proper discussion about this. Trust me. Okay. It's, it's going to come right. down in a few months. We're going to have a proper discussion. But yeah, no. So I think it's just make the, the argument for, or rather the narrative for Will that look, it's his time. He's done his dues. He's been in the industry for 30 plus years. Everyone loves him. He made After Earth. <laughs> yes. Like, I mean, the fact, like, I mean, we, we, we can't After Earth, right? But Will Smith might be the first movie star that has like gone down and had maybe 10 years of bad shit <laughs> and come back up. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Like, think about the movie stars. Like, if they have one or two bad bad things, they, they have something to come back to and it goes back up. Like, Will, from like one or seven rounds, 08, 09. Oh my God. Yeah. So from like then to 2014, 
He had nothing. Just dross all the way. Like, he brought out Focus. That was, that was a good movie. Focus made a bit of money. Well, not a bit. He made, he made some, some money. And then he does nothing again for like the next five, six years. And then he brings out Bad Boys for Life. That, that's, that's a hit. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's difficult. Movie stars don't do that. Like, if that happens to Tom Cruise, he brings out Mission Impossible. My Damon brings out, like, you get what I'm trying to say, like, Born, yeah. or they bring out an Oscar winning performance. Does have, like, like a fa- franchise to Yeah, so, to like, that's, Denzel would always b- do an equalizer and then, like, an Oscar, an Oscar movie. Performance. So, yeah, I think, I, I can just see, I think enough people want this for real. I can just see it happening. Because, like, again, it's, it won't be a situation of, like, he won it for the wrong movie. Again, everybody loves Serena and Venus. People want that to happen. Like, it's kind of restructuring the story of this man that everybody thought was like Joe Jackson. Like everybody thought he was the bad dad, but it's really not. Like it's kind of reframing this black man's story. It's just like, yeah, I think it's we get. I think we get best picture nomination. So um, yeah, so like I think it's Will or Andrew Garfield. But in any other, Andrew Garfield is so good in Tick Tick Boom, and I can't really talk about it. In any other year, he'll probably have won. But like, yeah, you know when just sometimes a movie just comes out in the wrong, in the wrong year. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yeah, um, have you seen anything recently? No, no. <laughs> I'm doing. I'm quite fascinated by um, Guy Ritchie. Just so I've just been watching his Are you old a Guy stuff. deep dive. I'm doing a Guy Ritchie deep dive. So I've done Lockstock. I've done Snatch, which is a uh, quite interesting movie because you got guy. What the fuck's Brad Pitt doing there? In this weird, it's not. Well, I don't want to see the. I don't. <laughs> I don't want to see what kind of accent he's doing that they actually mentioned in the movie because it's actually quite offensive. But it's not English. It's not Irish. It's just something. And you're not supposed to, you're not supposed to understand it. Plus, it's like, fucking Benicio Del Toro is in that movie. That's funny because I'm about to ask you which, who is more, more difficult to understand, Brad Pitt in that movie or Benicio in Usual Suspects? Nah, Brad Pitt was just like, <laughs> like batshit crazy, man. Um, and it's just like the crazy man of garage. And I watched another, it's called Rock and Roller. Mm-hmm. I had um, Jared Butler, I had Tom Hardy. He was, Tom Hardy is so damn funny in that movie. And there was the, uh, I forgot him what, there's another one with Jason Statham as well. He had Andrew Schiffel, which was just bad. Then there was like another one with Madonna, which was bad. And I think he's trying to do... Was, was Gary Chibari to Madonna? Yeah, yeah. And I think he's kind of going back to what he knows now. Mm. Just British slapstick comedy dark crime, comedy crime sort of crime yeah. underworld kind of thing so the gentleman like was, he, was yeah the gentleman was sort of like yeah like a bit of a american stuff sprinkled onto it mm. i think there's one that's coming out either next year or the year after where it's got chan yanam's back i think even bugs malone is going to be in that as well okay so I mean, he did one with state i mean like this year didn't he yeah yeah wrath of man i think that's coming out soon it's not prime. really out oh on prime oh okay on yeah. prime yeah Fair. That's coming out soon on Prime. So, um, Garage Deep Dive. I also watched the English remake of The Guilty with Gyllenhaal. Oh, yeah, I haven't, I still haven't watched that. Which was fine. But you prefer the. Yeah, of course, I prefer the Danish one. Actually, I think my local cinema is doing a 4K restoration of The Matrix this weekend. So, I'm going to go watch that. Oofed. Because obviously, I've never seen The Matrix in the cinema, which is crazy. So, I'm going to go watch that this weekend. Uh, okay, before we go on a quick break. So, I was watching. Um, the an audience with Adele. Sorry, 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 just quite ill. But yeah, somebody made this joke about like a colorblind person being the Matrix, and he won't know what to pick between blue pill and red pill, and just <laughs> that's what that's <laughs> okay. 
It's like, imagine Thanks for reaching this podcast with that joke. Imagine if Neil was colorblind. It's like, well, we do have a Matrix movie. <laughs> Just be rolling anyway, when it's five right. minutes into the movie. <laughs> Come on, oh, said that. was just like really funny. Anyway, Karen. Um, <laughs> I, I don't. I, oh, how do I get my How do I get my bearings back after that, <laughs> that, that derailment? Um, <laughs> this is annoying because what I was going to say was meant to be the stupidity of the podcast, but you've already put up the stupidity <laughs> of the podcast. <laughs> okay, let's go with my stupidity of the podcast. Jesus Christ! Um, I hear that you you served me. So I was watching the an audience with with Adele. Um, because I love Adele. What a random and collection of celebrities, man. So random. You know, Josh Cronky was there. Yeah, I saw him with his. I was so annoyed. Game. I was so livid when I saw him there. I was Cronky like, you don't get there. to have Southgate fun. Southgate was there. Samuel L. Jackson was there. I was like, what? Um, Stormzy, Kaluuya, uh, Idris. I found Kaluuya's secret Instagram account, by the way. Are you being serious? Yeah, I found it. How was well, it? So fucking. How did you find that? Me. I know someone who knows. <laughs> Use this powers to, to good use. Um, can you message your time to come on a podcast? <laughs> so I was watching the an audience with, and there was a there was a point when I think it was kind of partly because of lighting and like her her mic and like her mm-hmm. dress, and she turned around and it kind of looked like she had a back tattoo, right? So now it led me to ponder a question: Obira, if you're on a date with a girl and you go back and you find out she has Ben, you know Ben Affleck's back tattoo. Oh my goodness! She has that tattoo on her back. Mm-hmm. What are we do? Are we? Are you? Are you running away? Are you allowing it? Is it like what, what, what's happening? Wifing on the spot. You're wifing on the spot. On the spot. <laughs> Not wasting any time. See, these are like it's, I never, it's rare. It's I keep like, underestimating just how much of a like how low your scumbag we go. go. <laughs> it's. <laughs> So you see Ben Affleck's drag... Is it Dragon or is it Phoenix? Is it Phoenix, isn't Whatever it? Whatever the fuck that is. It's Phoenix man. back tattoo on a girl. And you're like, yeah, this is it. You have to meet my mom. Straight. <laughs> I'll I'll get like a Haribo ring and just like propose to her on the spot or something. <laughs> oh, man. Guys, you know what? Oh, my gosh. I have a new segment I'm going to introduce to you guys after the break. So let's just... We're going to take a quick break and then... <laughs> and then Okay, welcome back, everyone. So, we've talked about Succession for the past almost two months now on the podcast, obviously, because we love the show. But I know people are kind of like looking for other things to watch. And that's kind of what we're meant to do on this podcast tell people what shows are going on. So, I'm going to introduce a new segment. It's going to be quite extended this episode because it's the first time we're doing it. And there's so much TV going on right now, to be honest. Anyway, Obira, so what are you watching apart from Succession? Do you have, are you watching anything apart from Succession right now? Any TV show? Well, it's a show called True Story on Netflix. Is that the Kevin Hart one? Kevin Hart one and Wesley Snipes. Is it good? I've watched 10 minutes and I'm just like, shit. They might have something here. Oh, fair enough. They might have something here. Yeah. I think it's like seven or eight episodes. And like, I know it's like, it's quite tough to see Kevin Hart not being a comedy. Hmm. But I think this one might be something. Okay, well... So true story, guys. Um, I'm I'm surprised because when I asked that question, I thought you were not going to have an answer <laughs> because you know you don't really watch TV like that. But do you want to tell the listeners about Le Bureau? Le Bureau, fucking hell! What a TV show, man! Basically, it's about the French 
French flavor of like the CIA, which is like French inter- um, foreign intelligence called the G- DGSE. And it's basically lives about spies collecting intel, mostly based in the Middle East. So around Syria, Turkey, um, they go to Iran, they even go to um, Baku, Azerbaijan. And I think the, one of the seasons is in Russia as well. They're just like flexing around, going around the world, mm. trying to gain, you know, basically for the French people and stuff. And it's just because mm. most of this stuff is like spies. It's kind of, uh, you know, James Bond, Jason Bourne, you know, it's kind of spying and action. And it's just like, this is not how real spies, well, I'm saying like I'm a real spy. <laughs> you know, with your years of, yeah. <laughs> your years of expertise. But like, Spies is basically just, you know, sneaking into a room. Or not even sneaking into a room, it's talking to somebody, trying to read that person, trying to see if that person is full of shit or not, and telling somebody else what that person told you, and just sort of exchanging information. And it's just like a game of inches. It's serving the story at the end of the day. It's not trying to make something bigger than it is. It's just sort of showing you. I'm pretty sure it has like some consultation by like some, you know, ex military, ex spy people on there. And it's like, yeah really really good show it's french it has um matthew kasovitz i'm going to butcher his name who directed one of like the best french movies of all time it's kind of like the guy can just switch between directing and acting i just love people like that you know have you heard of lion no no i haven't yeah like vincent that's like vincent castle's like breakout role oh really yeah Um, one of like the best french movies of all time so did you ever i know i told you to watch it but did you ever watch knife manager yeah, I watched that. Oh, uh, okay. I'm after to watch that, actually. I've heard so... That's Lakari. Yeah, it's Lakari. I've heard so much good stuff about Liberia that I, I, I can't wait to watch it. I just can't find the time to watch it. It's five seasons, man. But it's, it's some good stuff. It's some really, really good stuff. I would encourage anyone that like, likes spy intrigue or drama or whatever, just find, go find it and watch it. Yeah, because that, there was that bit where... Because I want to be a spy, right? So I was just watching mm-hmm. all the, like, the spy stuff. So I watched you want Tim to be, Taylor. I think it might be too late. <laughs> also, I think you said on the podcast that you want to be a spy. kind of <laughs> well, doesn't help your, your point. PCHQ, come and get me. I think it's... um. So I watched Tinker Taylor, Soldier Spy. So the movie mm-hmm. and the TV show from like the 70s mm-hmm. or 80s. That's La Carrie as well. I La watched... Carrie, yeah. um, I watched, uh, you told me to watch Little Drummer Girl. Little Drummer Girl, Lakara as With, well. what's yeah. her name? The babe? Florence Pugh. Florence Pugh, who was also in Midsommar. And Skarsgård. And Skarsgård as well. Yeah. God, Midsommar, what a movie, man. And also, well, I need to rewatch Night Manager as well. Have you watched Midsommar? Yeah. No, we've, we spoke about this, like, Lord I, still, I don't know. One experience. You have, to, you have to gather up the courage, I guess. Um, But yeah, obviously, like, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of TV going on right now at this very moment. And I know because we don't talk about it, doesn't mean that like I'm not watching them or I'm not loving them. Obviously, OBR is very selective about the TV shows he watches. I'm trying to expand this. Barclays palette. Premier League, man. Best TV but, show. <laughs> <laughs> um, don't even get me started. Anyway, so I'm just going to like run through four or five shows that I think maybe if you're interested, you could just go watch them. If, for example, if you don't know, because I always take for granted that I think people always know of the shows that are going on. And then someone in my life is like, like, so example, I was like, oh, I'm going to watch this movie. People were like, what, what movie is that? And I was like, what do you mean what movie is that? It's, it's, it's all over my Twitter. Like, how have you never heard about this? So I, keep, I take for granted other people's social media. So Speaking just, of Twitter, you, have you been on Spaces recently? I'm not, no. I need, need to take that feature away. I, I respect myself. <laughs> I do not click on the Spaces that I see oh come up my on, my, on my timeline. Onto my work over like half seven. 
and I saw a conspiracy space and I had to go back to bed. I <laughs> just like I can't start a day off like this. Anyway, um so the first show that I'm gonna talk about is the Sex Lives of College Girls. Okay. That's I that's a Hadrian Max let show. Me take, let me take a wild guess what that show is about. <laughs> it's created by Mindy Kaling, who is a writer that I find myself just liking so much from the Office fame and Mindy Project and things like that. Yeah. Um, I think if you're if you're a fan of Mindy Kaling's oeuvre, like like I am, I think you probably enjoy this show. I haven't started it yet, but it's five episodes in. And it seems to be getting very good reviews based on Mindy's um, timeline. I know this is not for you, Vera. I know you would never watch a Mindy Kaling. Who's that other... Who's, who's the person that wrote Girls? What's her name again? Yeah, no, don't. Lena Donna. Okay. No, don't. <laughs> I never watch girls, but still don't. Anyway, second show is The Great, which is a comedy drama loosely based on the life of Catherine the Great. I actually think, Obira, you would like this show, but you wouldn't allow yourself to like this show because it's not serious and nobody's dying. So, um, Jesus, that's dark. (laughs) Well, that's what you like, isn't it? (laughs) Dakota Fanning stars as Catherine the Great. And Nicholas Holt is her husband, Emperor Peter III. And honestly, it's, I haven't watched the second season. I only watched the first season. The second season is out, all episodes. I'll get into that hopefully this weekend. But it's honestly one of the best shows on TV. And I'm not even exaggerating. Nicholas, especially Nicholas Holt, when Nicholas Holt and Dakota Fanning are giving me some of the best performances on TV. Really? Like, I'm like, Nicholas Holt is incredible. Like, I'm saying he's like, in the area of like, if you're having a top five, right? You're having Bob Odekert, you're having the Succession Boys, you're having Nicholas Holt. Nicholas Holt is incredible on this show. It's a very loose comedy drama. It's like, and I say comedy drama because it's more comedy than drama, but it has like both. And it's written by Tony McNamara, based on a play he wrote. Have do you watched the favorites, Obira? No. Olivia Coleman, Emma Stone, Rachel Weisz. Yeah. So um, the one that was um, directed by. Igor Slathimus, and that's the one that Olivia Coleman won the the Oscar for. Um, Tony McMurray co-wrote that that film, The Favorite, and I think if you liked The Favorite, you would like this show as well. <sighs> Nicholas Holt is just magnetic, and he's playing he's playing a very terrible person, and he's just incredible in every scene. Okay, now this is a show that I know you would actually like, Obira, because people die in it, <laughs> and I'm surprised if you haven't heard about it, you haven't watched it. And um, The Sinner, have you heard of The Sinner? I watched the first season. Did you like the first season? Um, yes. So why did you stop watching it? It had Jessica Biel in it, didn't, didn't yeah. it? Yeah. Why do you ask? I don't even know why I stopped. So for anyone who's not, who doesn't know about the show, The Sinner is like an anthology show that follows normal people carrying out abnormal crimes, really. So it's like, yeah. the only person that's, that follows every season is the, the lead detective. But for example, in the first season, Jessica Biel just randomly... Just randomly walks up to a guy and just stabs him to fuck. It's not, there's no, that happens in like first five minutes. So that's not a spoiler. There's no, like, there's no mystery. Like she obviously killed him, but it's like, why would that happen? So it's, um, yeah, I think it's like, if you're looking for something like dark mystery, there are four seasons. It's currently in its fourth season. You don't, obviously it's advised that you watch from the season one, but you don't really have to because each, each season is a new story. My mom likes that show. I, I'm happy you like that because I put that in because I figured that that'll be a show that you like as well. Um, 
My the fourth show quickly is Dickinson, which is kind of like a retelling of Emily Dickinson's life, which is a show that I really like. It's currently in its final season. It stars Haley Stanfield, and I'm listen. If Haley Stanfield walked into this room right now, I wouldn't know who that is. But it's one of those people I always like. You've watched True Grit, haven't you? Ah, her fucking hell! I thought she was like thirteen. She was thirteen when she got nominated for the, for the Oscar in True Grit, but she's like twenty something now. She's like twenty four. Yeah, she's currently on Hawkeye. Anyway, um, <laughs> this is not a visual medium, but Obiara is making googly eyes. I am because obviously she's a white woman. <laughs> uh, so Dickinson is a is a telling of Emily Dickinson's story. It stars Haley Stafford as Emily Dickinson. It's a very intriguing show because a very anachronistic show in the sense that like it's it's set in Emily Dickinson's time period, but they can just use language like woke. <laughs> Or like cancel culture. It's just like it's very just interesting the way it just it's very well done. Like it is not it's very well done. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I wouldn't recommend this to you, Obira, even though I know it's a show that everybody would love because like, like I said, you're looking for darkness. She was great in true grit though. She was she's great in I really like I think she's great in everything I see. I Hawkeye, am. by the way, this guy is just terribly miscast. I don't know how many times I have to say it. it's just like gosh. <laughs> I'm just like, yay, like, shoot your arrows, eh? <laughs> Just like, I don't know. I, I don't want to get into a Hawkeye thing. I don't want to get into a... <laughs> Anyway, Obi, how do you pronounce N-A-R-C-O-S? I botched this pronunciation as well. I botched like three <laughs> days ago. My freaking housemate called me a gringo. Um, Knock, <laughs> knock. <laughs> Oh my gosh, come on, you're freaking dragging I'm not going to pronounce it because on. it's one of those words that I always say in my head, and I don't know if I know how to pronounce it out loud, so I'm not going to say Narcos, Narcos. Okay, whatever, we'll go with that. The fifth show I was going to talk about is that show, um, Colon, Colon, Mexico. The Mexican one is so much better than the Colombian one, man, I'll tell you now. Wow, I don't think I've heard that opinion before. Well, I'm saying it live on the Popcorn for Dinner podcast. Are you watching the current season? I need to start. Yeah, same. I haven't started that, but like, so anyone who who didn't know that the show was back, as if Netflix could let you not know. Um, I think that's kind of my roundup. One last thing: there's a new show coming up, and a bit of trigger warning here. So this show is, is it, I think it's HBO or HBO Max. I can't remember. But I watched the trailer, and the trailer looked incredible. I'm still not sure if I'm going to watch the show, and I will explain why in a second. But so the show is based on a book, which is apparently very well received. And the synopsis is that it follows the aftermath of a flu pandemic that wipes out the majority of the world's population. So obviously, this is why I gave the trigger one earlier. It's started production before COVID even happened. So obviously, it's not like they're trying to be... It's not like that um, Michael Bay movie. Fuck that Michael Bay movie. Jesus Christ. Read the room. Like, fucking read the room. Oh, I can't believe it. I still can't believe they did that movie. What's it called? No, what was it? Songbird or something? Yeah, it was ridiculous, man. <laughs> so, yeah, there's a lot of, like, good... You know me, I like talent. Like, if I see good people attached to something, I'm like, oh, I want to watch this. It's written by Patrick Somerville, who wrote on Leftovers. He wrote on Maniac. He wrote on Made for Love. It's directed by Hiro Murai, who's, like, the main director for Atlanta. Mm-hmm. So, and obviously, Charles Gambino's music video. So, I don't know if I'm going to watch it, but it looks really good. And I don't know if I have the energy to watch a show set in the post pandemic flu pandemic world okay that's kind of my rundown now there's lots of shows still going on ask me on twitter i'll tell you the shows that i'm watching 
And then, but I hope this helped you guys for now. Oh, yeah, are you? Did you continue with Mayor of Kingston? <laughs> <laughs> Answer the question. See, the thing is, I'm going to watch. I'm going to watch it. But that that gave me some True Detective season two vibes, man. I'm not gonna lie. Did you finish the first episode? No. You have to finish the first episode. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we spoke about Jeremy Renner earlier on, didn't we? <laughs> First of all, Jeremy Renner is incredible in the second episode of that show. Um, Mayor of Kingston is getting, let's just say, not great reviews. <laughs> I haven't even read the reviews, you know. I haven't even read the reviews. You just, you, you know, when you know, when you can just feel it in the ether. Yeah, no one's really talking about it as well. But I'm, I think I'm, I think I'm really enjoying this show. Your, this could be like your guilty pleasure, isn't it? There's a point in the, and. I don't even think this is propaganda because like everybody knows this person is a terrible person. Like, so it's not like trying to say, oh, this is how cops should do it. Did you watch True Detective season two? No, I watched episodes and I stopped. Anyway, <laughs> there's a point in the latest season, in the latest episode of Mayor of Kingstown where one of the cops is looking for someone and he breaks into like kind of like a crack house. <laughs> Hope, luckily there was no, no black people involved in the crack house. So yeah, equality. Anyway, so one of these guys grabs a girl. He grabs his gun. Is like, stay away or I'll shoot her. And the cop shoots the girl. Jesus. And then shoots the guy. What? And then walks away. Like, and, like the girl is like, help me. And he just walks away. And I had my mouth open for like 30 seconds. I was like, what just happened? It might be propaganda. I don't know, but I'm enjoying it. <laughs> so yeah, maybe it's my guilty pleasure, and I'm I'm not even gonna apologize for it. But yeah, that's it. Those are my finish first episode. Finish first episode, and, and then let me know if you're gonna continue the show or not. Okay, I think Santa Claus Succession. We've heard of long enough, don't you think so? Let's fucking go. Okay, we're gonna have one final break, and then we'll talk about Succession. Hopefully, in a very like quick conversation. I don't know. We'll see. Obviously, I mentioned earlier that it's our big 5-0, 15th episode. Um, I'm, this episode is brought to you by Extra Step. Um, Obiora, mm-hmm. do you, so you know when you're walking, like just walking in your house or whatever, and you just like, kind of like stub your toe? Oh my God, the worst. I just want to like fight everyone in the world, man. I know, right? How, what if I told you there's a new thing where it helps you avoid that? Okay. You wear it, and then instead of hitting your toe, you stop your, the thing, the extra step. This episode is brought to you by Extra Step. You can find it wherever you find fake products. <laughs> you know, for a second there, I was like, it's like, you know when Connor, you know poor like uh, they were like, oh, Connor should be president. And you're like, oh, is it going to actually be, are they actually going to back him? For, for a second, you were like, are we actually, do we do, we do ads now? We're doing ads here. Like, there's literally no way in hell you're going to do an ad. You're probably going to record an ad like a week in advance or something. Then plug it in. What does that mean? I don't say that I'm what I'm <laughs> the perfectionist, yes. Oh, okay. I'll take that. I, I had worse words in my head. I knew you thought I was being serious because you kept quiet. I was like, all of a sudden you were quiet, and I was like, oh, he thinks I'm being serious. This guy's paying bills. <laughs> I'm glad about That bit went on way too long. I don't think anybody enjoyed it at all. What's up? Hey. Glad I ran into you. Yeah, yeah, me too. Right, because I might have to brief the press against you. Oh, uh, the, the the whole press. Yeah, just Kendall's really going balls to the wall, and you know you're on the other team. 
Mm. But I'm going to try to keep it targeted rather than terminal. Thank you kindly, ma'am. <laughs> that's, that's very kind of you. Uh, how can I possibly repay you? Hey, Tom. You're a very fair maiden for, for such activities, for such uh, kind, a very even-handed maiden. So, Obira, I want to throw you a curveball here because everyone with an internet connection is going to tweet about Kendall. Everyone with a podcast is going to talk about Kendall. Good luck to you, Haja. I don't know how you're going to get through this, <laughs> talking about him this episode. But I want to throw you a curveball. Can we do this entire episode without talking about Kendall? We can't. No, we can't. Let's not lie to ourselves. But let's see how long we can go talking about Kendall because I want to talk about Roman. And I want to talk about what I think is one of the best things this show does. Right. How it keeps its audience on their toes. Mm-hmm. This show is always, it's very comfortable in lulling you to be like, oh, okay, maybe this person is not too bad. And you're beginning to see like the light in the person's eye. And you're mm-hmm. trying to find redeeming qualities for them. Because that's how we watch TV, right? You always want to yeah, like the person. Yeah, to relate to people and, and stuff. And then the yeah. show is like, no. The show always hits you like, no, this person is a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. I mean, for example, this season, I think we we theorized at the beginning of the season that it's going to be Roman season, quote unquote. We, there's that shot of him smoking the cigar. And smoking the cigar, the yeah, getting credits. Yeah, it didn't really pan out like that. But I think it was like in the background because we were like, oh, remember how even this, this episode two when all the kids come up, Roman comes with like the treats for Kendall in a very brotherly way, like he's trying to play it up. But you know that he actually brought that for Kendall when he decides not to sign the letter when he like makes up that story about his dad. Everybody's like, oh, Roman. Like, oh, Roman, you actually like Jerry. Oh. And then in the last two episodes, they're like, nah, this is who this fucker is. Yeah. He wants to fuck a fascist. <laughs> yeah. That was it. Like, I didn't think he was backing him because of his like ideal. I just think he was backing him because he saw like, that's the most beneficial to, yeah, it's all, that, all about the bottom line. But I think it's the fact that like, he's willing to go to those lengths, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like, Shiv is not a good person, but she wants to, like, she has a limit. She has right? some morals. Yeah, she's not going to back a fascist on her. And but Roman is like, I do not care about, like, the show is like, this is who Roman is. Like, he's looking at you guys, like you said, the bottom line. He's, because he is the person at Fox News that lets Tucker Carlson go on the air and everything. And we know that person is bad for, for the world. Yeah. And then... As if you, maybe you did not want to accept the last episode. It hits you this episode with, with an incredible... I mean, I think everybody's going to be like, this is a Kendall episode, but I think this is a strong Roman episode, man. Let's talk about your boy. Your boy, Roman. What, <laughs> what do you think of Roman in this episode? Um, obviously, he's on the often this, like, this past like two, three episodes now because mm-hmm. I think he's so... Well, in his mind, he thinks he's kind of in favor with his dad. He's on the up, you know, with his dad, like opinions dad-wise. Yeah, he's basically sort of doing all the things that his dad wants to and he's doing it really well of course mm-hmm. so he was the guy who sort of obviously spoke to Mankin in the toilets in a really really arousing scene bro <laughs> like a better word bro and- like I'm sorry I'm sorry to cut you up obviously I was not here last week oh, wow <laughs> I don't know what Kieran yeah. Culkin and I don't know the rehearsals they did Kieran Culkin and Justin Kirk but like they haven't dressed similarly. Like it's just like Kieran Culkin is like obviously moisturizing his hand throughout. Just like I'm just like, what is in this scene? And can I bottle it up and sell it? Because this is incredible. But sorry, go yeah. ahead, please. And obviously he's been asked or has been tasked by his dad. Also in the episode, um, 
last week's episode where he was literally arguing for Mencken and you could literally hear his case and it was sounding really, really convincing and really, really um just like sort of like he knew what he was doing in like yeah. man of his convictions basically. Just sort of knew he was in control of everything. And also in this episode where it seems like him and his dad have sort of uh coordinated this sort of effort to buy Kendall out of the company. Mm-hmm. That's what he sort of, you know, says to Shiv later on in the episode. And obviously his dad has sent him as well to persuade um Skarsgård's character yeah. to, you know, let let's buy, you know, for for the buyouts for the price figure as well. So he's doing everything his dad asks of him because at the end of the day, all these kids just just basically chasing a ghost. They're chasing and this ghost is like their dad's validation, which I think they think I don't know if they think they'll never they'll ever get. But I think Roman is just sort of it's like sort of dangling a carrot in front of a front of rabbits and it's just like always on the chase, even at the end where he's basically saying, I won and sort of told Matson as well, like, Oh, can I tell my dad that it was me mm-hmm. who sort of uh finalized Dylan and everything? Like he's not doing it for the Batman company, he's not doing it for he's doing it for his dad's approval. Mm-hmm. And he's willing to destroy his or sort of belittle his you know, personal connections, which are his siblings, because he kind of brutally takes down Shiv and Kendall, and he's literally just doing that because he's trying to get his dad's, you know, good boy yeah. his dad and stuff. And and it's just like his dad is just raising monsters, man. I was listening to a podcast episode, which I'm not going to um, promote here because no free ads, and. He was talking about, I think it was after the general meeting episode. Mm-hmm. And I was talking about how he made a very good point about how Roman just really wants to have like Logan's approval, obviously, but also just to spend time with Logan. Like he's the one that genuinely loves Logan. Mm-hmm. And he's like, he said that what's heartbreaking was that if Roman had actually spent time with Logan, he would know that he doesn't want to spend time with Logan. Mm-hmm. And I think, in a way, every season, when we say a season is like about a character, right? But every season or, or every kind of arc of this show is kind of like the disillusionment of every child of their father. Mm-hmm. Kendall very quickly realized that this guy in shit, just that unfortunately he went to go and kill somebody, so he had to be his lab dog. <laughs> and I think Shiv is also realizing that shit. Like, I think Connor realized it before the show started. Connor very early was like, I don't want this guy to be my friend. Mm-hmm. I can't use him for cash, but I don't want to be friends with, with Logan Roy. And I think every child kind of like goes through that. Roman is not in a position where he has to, for him to get there, he has to try his hardest to love him. And then realize that his father cannot love. And maybe that's when, maybe that's when he'll realize that he's in the wrong profession, trying to chase his father's love. Yeah, it'd be sort of interesting to see how his relationship or maybe his dad even embraces him more and just like okay this is the guy but at the same time mm-hmm. i think the overall general theme i got from this episode is that this is what the show does as well which is really brilliant it's just all these guys are miserable mm-hmm. and they don't know how miserable they are i think except can well all these guys maybe except connor and greg mm-hmm. and they don't know how miserable they are except i think kendall does he literally does know what miserable is. And that's kind of what he feels at the end of the episode. But 
I don't think Kendall, I don't think Shiv or Roman especially really know what they're really in for. No, I mean, on that point, it's interesting that I think in this episode, only one person, maybe two, I'll explain why I say maybe two, only one person leaves Kendall's birthday party better than when they came. Right. Right. And I say maybe two. Greg is the maybe two because, yeah, he has a date to Greg is. I think Greg is, yeah, Greg is there. Yeah, he has to come free, but also he's now, he now hears that Comfrey's about to do a smear campaign on him. So it's kind of like a toss-up. It's like, uh, okay, which one do you, maybe, yeah. So maybe two, fair enough. But Roman's the one that, everyone else is living depressed. Kendall, Shiv, Tom, even Connor. Like, it's just like, no one actually leaves. And it's just like, yeah, right. Everyone, everyone is deep down quite sad. And it's, it's also interesting because Logan is in, what, two scenes in this episode? He's in there for five minutes and like, you just still feel him. You still sends, feel Logan. Sends a card and just like, boom. He's literally over Kendall, like Dark Cloud. What's worse, the card or the um, donut he sent in episode two? The card. <laughs> well, the donut was supposed to be like some, well, this was like secret meeting and stuff. But I think the card is just like, um, we'll get to Kenan in a bit, but mm. Kenan is like vibing. You know, he always talks about the vibe. You're fucking up the vibe. And just gets this card and it's just like, Wow. Wow, wow, yeah. wow, wow, wow. Like, and to be fair though, I think you should take that money and get the fuck out. Two billion, man. Two billion. Like, because it's like, what? It's only your ego that's stopping you because you want to prove your dad that you, it's only your ego that's stopping you. But I think, like, the only thing that'll probably give him that sense of satisfaction and validation is only for his dad. So you can't mm. really say, take the money and go and be happy because he'll never truly be happy. Which is why yeah. I don't think these guys realize how truly stuck they are. Because like no amount of money or anything can give them as much satisfaction in their lives except what their dad thinks of them. Yeah, it's funny because I think Kendall realized that he was never going to get his dad validation. And what does he replace that with? He replaces that with getting validation of the entire world. Yeah. He's always asking what Twitter's saying. Well, well, like yeah, he's yeah, replaced yeah. one man's validation with the entire world's validation. So, like, if he takes the money and he has neither, I don't know if he can survive. It does. You're right. That's a very good point. Hi guys, hope you're enjoying the episode. You can engage with the podcast on social media. Yes, follow the Twitter, Instagram, what Spotify pages, and we're gonna try and maybe give you guys some TikTok content. But yeah. Don't forget to prepare prepare his dances. <laughs> yes, Obi has some dances to Water Life from another round. But Watch yeah, out, guys. don't forget to tap the bell icon on Spotify, rate and review on Apple Music, and tell your friends. Talk about popcorn for dinner. Should we talk about the conversation with Skarsgård? First of all, Skarsgård with Kendall when he he says like, even the look on my face is commercially sensitive. <laughs> I was like, that's incredible. <laughs> Privacy, pussy, and pasta, baby. So is he supposed to be like some sort of uh, Zuckerberg kind of guy? I think Zuckerberg, well, I think he's meant to be like um, Daniel Ek in terms of like... Right, okay. Nordic tech guy, but also a mixture of Peter Thiel and like Aaron Sorkin's Mark Zuckerberg. Right. Do you get what I mean? Like, I'm not going to say that's the real Zuckerberg, but... Yeah. Because he is just fucking strange. He's like a like a real life breathing incel, isn't he? Like he's like socially awkward. You just need some pussy. It's just like, oh, come on, man. <laughs> like, what does nothing... Kendall say that like you're still struggling with the socials? 
<laughs> exactly. <laughs> like you just thought it's just like he's just spent twenty hours a day just like on his laptop. Yeah, it coding. makes so much sense that the human Roman would click immediately because yeah, that's who Roman is if he wasn't like if Roman wasn't rich his entire life, that's who he would be. I'm guessing his platform is supposed to be some kind of Netflix. So I don't know. You see, I don't, I don't know what his platform is because it sounds like it has everything. Yeah, I was going to say, it's it meant sounds, to be a streaming platform. I think it might be like some Amazon Prime because it might have sports, it might have like news as well. Because they said, they, they said the gaming, have... uh, the online poker and stuff, didn't they? Oh yeah, they didn't say. So I wasn't really sure what kind of platform it is. I think it's just like a massive like aggregation of like yeah. I mean, I mean Stargo is definitely like a HBO Go yeah sort of dig right. Like yeah. that was that was that was a nice dig at HBO Go. I like that. No one would Kendall won't. The only person that would do it is Logan. Would suggest let's piss on the Stargo app on my phone. Mm-hmm. Right? No, no. Frank would not say that. Carl would not say that. Kendall would like no no reasonable businessman would say like which is why Roman is. Which is why it works because Roman is is that guy. It, yeah, but at the same character. time, it's just like so. This is why I, feel, I think Roman is a bit a bit naive as well because like this like the Skarsgård's got um character Matin is like obviously he's pretty intelligent and sociopathic as well. Like he's fucking yeah. weird. So like, does he really believe that him peeing on sort of inflating the guy's ego would sell him the company and gets him in the room? Right. He was in the room. Remember, I sent his lackeys. He was in the room. Roman pumped up his ego and then he was in the room. So like, yeah. Well, do we know if he's in the room? Yeah, I mean, we, we don't know, but like he committed, quote unquote, a handshake or whatever. Take that, take that as far as you're going to take it, but like you can't really commit and not come. So, I mean, I mean, we'll see what happens. But like, yeah, yeah I mean, we'll see what happens. Because I, I think he's, I think they're both using, well, Logan is using Roman and I think the Skarsgård guy might be using Roman as well I think I don't know why well I well I mean Kendall kind of alludes to the fact that this deal is lopsided in the sense that it should be Skarsgård's character buying off buying Waster so I don't know maybe really so how much because Waster is worth I mean um, Adrian Brody's character does say that Gojo is overestimated maybe Right, so maybe it's maybe just in the right place in the market, and the market thinks they're the hot shit. But it's like GameStop, isn't it? Brody's character doesn't think they're hot shit. But I think, like for example, Brody's character and Scars, I think they're both new money. Yeah, yeah. Logan is Waster is legacy media, especially Matson. Um, let's talk about the conversation between the siblings, like the final one at the end. So I don't know if it's because of the mental state I'm in right now, like I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm beyond the weather. But this conversation just made me feel like disgusted. Like it was painful to watch. Like I felt, not, not like I loved it because it's great writing, great acting, but I felt like I needed to have a shower after. I felt grimy. Same. I think it just felt like, ah, this is so, like, there's cringe on this show. There's like insult, but this part, I don't know what, I don't know if it was, again, great actors, but I don't, it just, I was just like, I do not want to watch this happen. It was very me. That my reaction to that was very interesting to me. I was gonna say it's more of a for me, sort of piggybacking on your point, I'll probably say it's this the sequence of Kendall speaking to Rava, then searching for his kids' gifts. Mm. Then the siblings' conversation was just a big gosh, this is painful. Mm. This is so painful. I don't want to watch this. I don't want to watch this. This is like terrible. 
there are choices that Kieran Culkin is making in this scene that just like he has he he kind of feels like oh I don't want to use any kind of like outdated term or whatever but you kind of feel find like his ego is outside his body mm-hmm. like he feels bigger he feels like What's that abstract term man fucking hell you're such a thespian no well I didn't I had a I had a thing in my head I was like no that's a bit too ugh. I don't that's a bit too meninist to use but like yeah it was like <laughs> meninist he just feels like he feels like he's drunk but you know he's not drunk but he's just like he's made this big deal he just feels he's just, just going around he's just ah, so was just basically so... like free lit watching free toddlers just like fight over yeah but like one of them like the weakest one was uh, was the strongest one for some reason yeah like and it was just so and i was just like you're you're not like like it's not objectively worse than for example, Shiv, Shiv's letter to Kendall or Kendall playing the the song. But it just felt bad. It just felt disgusting. Because yeah, they were all, it was just sort of like airing, airing out dirty laundry. I mean, because just, of the audience, people, people were there. Everyone was there. But it was more of like, you know how like, oh, the truth hurts and stuff, but it was just them saying all the things we've discussed over the past seven weeks, all the things we've been, we're saying about these characters and how, how, for example, Tom is a trophy husband mm-hmm. and Noah respects Shiv mm-hmm. and Kendall is a fucking mess and stuff. And Roman is a joke who has some weird sexual fantasies with his mom and just yeah. literally airing out stuff like that. And it's just like, oh, it's like watching a domestic, like a fight between couples. It's just like, oh, I don't want to be here. I'd rather. Yeah, just- it's like a, a fight between couples where like they are and not just following like, the rules. You shouldn't have kissed that girl. I was like, whoa. Like, <laughs> and it's like, this is why you came back with herpes. Like, they're, like they're not following the rules at all. It's just, just like, like what is going on? <laughs> and I think it was just the kind of like apathy that like, I don't know if it's apathy or glee. I don't know how to describe it like that, that Kieran Culkin was playing it. Like he didn't care what he was saying to Shiv. It's like, I've won and he's feel. lost. And then he now pushes, kind of, Kendall's just like a beaten dog. He's like, yeah, it's shit. So, I just, so, so obviously it starts with like, you're right because it's kind of, in that sequence, it kind of affirms everything we've been saying for the for like Shiv in that sequence sees that like Logan and Ke- and Roman are doing their their thing behind her back, like she's not in the conversation. And even what he says about how all the men came together in the men club and decided to <sighs> have a sweetheart. Oh my god. Even just thinking about it right now, I want to go have a shower. Like yeah. I want to blame my men, like my code or whatever, whatever to, to that. <laughs> but like I don't think I've had a reaction like this to some to just words being said. Um, yeah, really uncomfortable scene. A really, really uncomfortable scene. It should be noted. I forgot to mention it earlier, but like this episode is directed by Lawrence Scafaria, who is a very talented director. She directed um, Hustlers, the J Lo movie, amongst other things. And but yeah, that was so my she's bad movie. Is what would you say? What? That? This is a bad movie. <laughs> That was not a bad movie. That's why I said. Oh, I think it's a bad movie. I was like, no, no, no. that's so random. But yeah, um, it's interesting because like this show has been bringing in a lot of like filmmakers, not even like TV directors. Like I think they've had like three directors that made enough feature films this year, and they just bring it for these episodes, and it, it gives a different energy and feel to it. Plus the cameos as well are just like perfect, man. Yeah. So I, I don't know how to describe that that sequence. Just I was just um, that was that was painful. Mm-hmm. I was like pouring salt into a wound, right? But the wound itself was him when it went for me, was when he was searching for the presence, and sort of realizes like 
everything here is just bullshit. This is all irrelevant. Like, what am I doing? Following your analogy, let me try and build on that. For me, the wound was when he first opened the when he opened the letter and saw that they were trying to buy him out. And also that they had only come to um, talk with Lucas Madsen. Right. Right. That's the wound. But then he started bleeding when he was searching for the for the present. Mm-hmm. Also, sorry, um, Naomi, um, she can see that this guy is like fucking almost on the break, break of a breakdown and she's like, oh, let me make this about me. And I've, I've thought on Naomi. Let, we'll get to Naomi in a second. I've thought on Naomi. Not all terrible thoughts, but we'll get to Naomi in a very quick second. Yeah, so back to the original point of how I was saying, like, the show lets you believe that somebody has a little bit of good in them and then it snaps. I think, so for example, someone like you, whose favorite character is Roman, right? I think this show is like, for someone like you, you cannot leave this episode feeling like, yeah, that's a good job by Roman. Well done, Roman. Like, you're, you're meant to feel a sense of, like, ugh, what just happened? Well, my corporate ruthless side of it, like, yeah, you should do that. Yeah, no, no, that's the corporate. I'm talking about the, the family parts. The Do conversation between the three of them. Well? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Not the corporate. Roman was incredible with, with Lucas Madsen. That was that was incredible corporate shenanigans and bullshit and whatever. That's well done here. Mm-hmm. Is the conversation with the, with the siblings that's like, ah, what I just see. You can see the lines being drawn. Like when when Kendall comes and he he tells he talks to Shiv about the spine, which Shiv thinks is just being paranoid. And then and then Roman. So clearly Roman knew. Roman and Logan, I've been doing all these things behind Shiv's back. And like, Shiv is like, what the fuck? That's, that's it. That's a line. That's, you're crossing the line. Mm-hmm. That's your niece and your, and your nephew. What are you doing? Why are you spying on them? Like, so, and then Roman is like, what do you, what do you mean? And then it becomes so clear that I'm making Roman mini Logan because like he drops cunts, which I don't think anyone apart from Logan has ever said on the show. <laughs> I'll be surprised if someone else has said it on the show apart from Logan. Because the British show, they'll be saying it like every fucking. Yeah, obviously. And then even when, when, um, Kendall goes to him and says, you're not a real person. Do you know what it reminded me of? Episode 9 of, no, episode 10 of season 1, where he goes to Logan and calls him a beast. Because <laughs> like it's almost like, I do not know how, how else to describe you. I can't call you an idiot or an asshole. Just I can't like, call you a person, yeah. Yeah, just like, you're not a real person, you're a beast. And I, and I really think like it's, it's clear that they're framing, framing him as many Logan. Um, Kendall, Kendall had a season's worth of an arc in one episode. <laughs> yeah. If, if you can give Jeremy Strong two Emmys, let's give him two Emmys. What, what's, a, what's a journey Kendall had, man? He was an asshole. He was self-aware. He was beaten down. Like there was a part where he was actually supposed to perform. Yeah. Was he supposed to perform on a cross? And it was like, I'm saving you all from... No, this is the... I think something like, this is the end of my journey. I have to be crucified for you morons or something like that. Yeah, so, something okay. like that. And... And it's like all his uh, team are like, yeah, go on, go on, but he quits. And he sort of was like, what the hell am I doing? Cancels everything. Then it's like, there was a the tiny Wu Tang. <laughs> tiny Wu Tang. I wanted to hear them. I wanted to hear Tiny Wu Tang. This is all, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> what I, is this, man? And his team was like, thank fuck he canceled that one because that was just awful. It's like, if they told him like, at the start, you're going to fire them on the spot. Oh, yeah, it has to be his decision. Exactly. Like, he doesn't like people telling him what he needs to know. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what's the girl's what's her name? She had like a weird name. Greg's squeeze. Comfrey. Um, Comfrey. There you it's go. Comfrey and Barry, yeah. And she's like, she ordered 
What did she order again? Um, He-Man lunchboxes. He-Man. Like, oh, now she has to sell them on eBay. She has settled back on eBay. And it's all like, that's what a flat um, apartment is stocked with. And it's just like... Yeah, it's like... This guy is... Doesn't know what he's doesn't have any control of himself and i think we said in another episode like he's just extremely impulsive doesn't think mm-hmm. doesn't plan just does things yeah this was like a this was a tough episode this is like this was not a fun speaking episode. of this episode and like the club and stuff they played mm-hmm. bit of jayhas and a bit of disarasco was that jayhas i so i was this yeah. is funny because one of my sections was going to be kendall's bangers i was disarasco don't don't gas me man of the year by schoolboy q I did not hear Jayhouse. Was it Jayhouse? Yeah, I think it was one of like the Matin scenes. It was play play with Jenna Boy. Yeah. Kendall, it was play play. Yeah. That's a deep cut if that was the song that we were playing. Yep. That was like, bro, Kendall. This was handpicked by Kendall. Kendall at Pitchfork. I'm just hold on, saying. Was it play play? Hold on, hold on, hold on. It wasn't play play. It wasn't play play. It wasn't play play. What's, um, is it Big Conspiracy or Fight for Your Right or helicopter one of those one of those four it was definitely on this on the big conspiracy, big conspiracy album. album wow yeah. i did not hear that but like kendall kendall knows his music why why are you changing his bangers man anyway obira do you have any final thoughts on the party um alan rock <laughs> so basically right he actually injured yeah what was it a rotator cuff or something mm-hmm. so that's how they had to incorporate this into the story, which is just incredible. <laughs> oh my God, man. So, oh my God. What do you think of the party itself? So, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> that's Don't just you like to come out into your party from your mom's? No, it was... <laughs> what was that about, man? To be fair, though, like, I reckon all these celebrity parties are just like bad shitting saying yeah, no phones allowed. which is why i want to throw this question out to you mm-hmm. if there was one fictional or movie slash tv party that you could have attended what do you reckon what party do you reckon you'd want to attend hmm huh i don't know mine but i know yours so there's this movie called eyes wide shut right is there uh... is there this movie called eyes wide shut <laughs> like you're not saying on every podcast episode <laughs> It's basically <laughs> Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman doing 80 takes for each scene and just fucking Stanley Kubrick losing his mind and stuff. If not that, then there's another movie called Boogie Nights. Have you heard of that? I need to watch Boogie Nights. PTA. So yeah, so either Boogie Nights or Eyes Wide Shut for... Okay, so I've just Googled because I couldn't think of any answer. And there are some that would definitely have been in my, my thing. Okay, so... I'm going to give you top three for what I just Googled. Um, All right. The party in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. But that's because it's at the Playboy Mansion, man. It's at the Playboy Mansion. Number two, which really be number one, is Great Gatsby. Oof, yeah. Yeah, Jane, you have to throw a party. I need to guess here. My suit tailored there. Do you want to know my number one? It's not, it's not on this list, but I just, I just thought about it. Go on. Project X. What? Project X. If you think I've watched that movie. You haven't watched Project X? What the fuck is Project X? Hold on. Wait, you've never watched Project X? Nah. How have you never watched Project X? I feel like we all have to watch it as part of a rite of passage. Fuck me. 12, 18 minute movie. 102 million pound budget um 
box office from it, twelve million pound. What? How have you never opened? You've never heard of it. That's never. That's, that's what? Project X. What the fuck is this? I'm pretty sure I watched this movie on like my iPod. Like, like my iPod Classic or something. Yeah, this came out in 2012. Yo, how did this movie make so much money? Because it was a sensation. 2012. Hmm. Well, I started getting into movies properly in 2012, 2013. Watch Project X, just watch Project X. I, I, I cannot believe you've actually never watched this movie. Why that party then? I cannot explain to you if you know what the movie. I just cannot because okay. the entire movie is the party. We haven't watched fucking Boogie Nights, have you? So. It's not the same thing. It's not the same well, thing. Well, there's another. Have you watched Superbad? Yeah, I watched Superbad. <laughs> and Superbad is such a good movie, man. Yeah, as in, I hope watched Superbad. I can't really ask that question. Uh, but Project X, man. You need to watch Project X. Anyway, um, Logan's, I'll remember. I'll remember this to, to Tom. Yeah. Well, it seems it seems like Tom is safe for now. Yeah, it's, it's definitely not like let's be honest, it's definitely not safe, safe. But like the fact that Roma, Logan went out of his way to say that, like, look, I remember this, and maybe Tom didn't make the bad decision. Yeah, and it's sort of that thing about like because you saw like you need two people are happy in this, but I think is the two people who are actually happy are Greg and Connor. Yeah, I mean Roman definitely left party happy. That's not that goes without question. Yeah, I mean, I think his happiness is more of a, what's the word? It's pathetic, the word. It doesn't matter if it's pathetic. It's To him, it's happy. In that to moment. him, it's happy. But like me as an outsider looking in, it's just like, I don't think he knows exactly how miserable he is. He doesn't. He'll figure it out. I think the only person, so I mentioned, the only person who's sort of, you know, hit that rock bottom and who knows how bad they are doing is... Kendall. Yeah. I think he has now, but I, I, I think what did he say in episode two? I'll outsource that to my therapist. I don't think he was doing the necessary introspection to know. I it. think he knew he was sort of like, it's like kicking, up, kicking the can down the road. It's like, I know I'm pretty, I'm in a fucked up place, but let's go again. Yeah, but if you're kicking some, the can down the road, you know there's something in the can, but you don't know what's in the can. But you know the can is there. Yeah, but you don't know what's in the can. I don't think Roman knows. What's in the can? <laughs> I don't think <laughs> I don't think Roman and this person know there's a can at all. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Shiv has just seen the can. I don't think she knows. I think she's start. I think she can. Yeah, she started to see some. Shiv was some seeing metal. Like the shape. Yeah, she was seeing, no. She was seeing the metal before when Logan was being mean to her. Now she's actually seeing the can. It's coming closer. She's like, oh fuck. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't. Yeah, and I think Kendall is like like him just. I, I I knew you like the arguments between the kids was like was your turning point, but I think me was just him searching through the present was just that was that was that was sad. That was so that was sad. so so painful. Yeah, that present thing. Let's just quickly, very quickly talk about Naomi. You so you said that she made it about her. Do you know like <laughs> I do this thing sometimes where somebody tells a story, right? Mm-hmm. Or someone is telling me something, I just like interrupt them and I tell them a similar story, then I make yeah. it all about me. <laughs> Yeah, but it's, it's the line about it's the line of like empathy and making it about you, isn't it? But it's interesting because you can say she made it about her, but I could say she was trying to distract him. She was trying to give him a present that would probably distract him from the mental breakdown that he was having. What present can you possibly give these guys that would? Yeah, but she just he he wasn't going to achieve anything by keeping him diving in. She was trying to change his mind. I don't think she was looking for. Jericho was actually present. But Jericho and Rob were just fucking with him. No, no, Hapa. Also, Rava was kind of like, I'm sorry, again, Rava came in kind of dickish. 
pass it well she's a pretty shitty dad and an even worse husband yeah <laughs> so, okay but can she calm down every time she's always Kendall so like full of like, passive aggressive she was coming in passive aggressive man why is she making it seem like he's one of the spies oh my god Rafa calm down and mate fucking goons have been showing up to her kids man it was a kid was a kid that did them why is she attacking Kendo on his goons birthday? anyway <laughs> how many goons have you seen in your life Bankoi one exactly She's seen multiple with the S at the end. I don't know why I said one. Where, where, where did I say the one good? Um, is it possible that Naomi is actually good for Kendall? I know we laughed about it in the first episode, but like, could she be? Like, think about every TV show or movie you've ever watched, right? The conventional storyline is that when the guy insults the girl for the bad gift and he's a dick to her, she walks away, right? That's what always happens. Right. In this point, not that I'm not saying that women should be martyrs, but like she's willing to <laughs> see through his through his hurts and like stays and helps him and like basically comforts him and helps him in it. I don't know, maybe she's actually good for him. Well, I mean, she's coming from a place of because she's fucked up as well, isn't she? Yeah, so I'm just saying maybe like we laughed about it, but maybe she's actually helping him and like she's like, yeah, take the money. What are you doing? Well, I think so far what they've shown us is like she's someone who actually cares for the kid like yeah. and there's literally no one else and he's not on coke i think we can be sure now that he's not on coke i don't think he is no i think he was just on the ego trip he was just high on the ego trip so we have to leave here now but um hold on hold on before we leave let's talk about know. tom so tom was like he's obviously he's not going well for now he's not going to jail but at the end he was like mm-hmm. he was like greg why are you happy what do you think about that scene well I think two things. I think one, now that Tom doesn't have prison, I think he's going back to being like the, the dick. Again, which is not about the show. The show lets you believe that there's a little light in somebody and it's like, no, everyone is terrible. So like, I think now that he, made, almost immediately he starts like insulting Greg mm-hmm. and like mocking him and stuff like that. So I think now he's trying to assert his dominance again. But also, I just also think like the drugs are just bad for him. He just took the wrong drugs and in the wrong order. And now, <laughs> well, what do you think of the scene? It was quite interesting because it sort of plays into that whole succession in order for someone to feel, um, it's also for someone to be happy. They need to, it has to be at the expense of somebody else. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, um, it sort of kind of all stems from Logan where everything is a game and every, you know, it's, it's all a zero sum game where, both people can't win. Like in order for me to be, you know that meme about like how, you know, it's not enough for me to be for me to be successful. Other people must fail. So, um, I think that's kind of how everyone sees this thing because they never get that validation from their dad, mm-hmm. which means they're unhappy. So they have to take it out on somebody, which is mm-hmm. themselves. By them, I'm referring to the siblings or other people as well, which is Tom. And Tom obviously has to take it out on somebody relevant in the family which has to be greg and it's like at tom's lowest it was like oh greg you can see like maybe they actually he actually cared for him and stuff but mm-hmm. now that he's well so far he looks like he's free it's like hmm i'm going back to you yeah, know, greg yeah I, being, I, I agree with you and i think greg being tom's punching bag yeah i don't think i think this show is too good for it to be that straightforward something's gonna a wrinkle is gonna happen and i mean it's interesting that when the show sent out screeners to critics at the beginning of the season, they sent them first seven episodes, all seven, mm. 
but they didn't send an eight and nine. Oof. So no one has seen eight. And, no one has seen eight and nine exactly. Man, so weddings, man. Weddings. So, oh, weddings on this shit. Um. So I'm very excited for the next episode. Um. Weddings in TV shows and movies are just insane. Amazing. I when you direct your first movie, you have to have mm-hmm. a wedding scene in there. So I started with a with a wedding. Not like a wedding scene. Not a wedding scene. Like does anyone object? And someone yeah, and I get what you like, mean. Me, not Part, that. Yeah. No. <laughs> anyway. That's... Um, just a few. So, a few final thoughts out on the episode. One, where was Jess? How can Kendall have a birthday party without Jess? What the fuck was that about? Jackie, she's quit. Two, we're all agreed in like fuck Kerry, right? Like, like fuck Kerry. Like, she's, yeah, she's crazy. How old are you? Was she like 37 in this episode? Nah, very early 30s. Very, very early 30s. 30, Is Logan fucking her? Apparently, that's what the show is saying. Well, that's what they're saying. It's not been confirmed. 50 years yet. gap. Like, I'm just like. 50 years gap. She's talking a bit too much, like, oh, Lucas, my, like, Carrie, shut up. I was already angry with her last episode, like, this episode, Carrie, shut up, please. Anyway, um, have you ever been more attracted to Shiv than you were when she was dancing? So, that dancing was so cringy, man, because, oh, if... But I think that was the point. I think that was the point. Yeah, was yeah, like, yeah. It well, she was... Bad white girl dancing. She was basically... Bad rich white girl dancing. Expunging all her demons, wasn't she? Yeah. <laughs> she was... <laughs> What did, what, like, did, what did Greg say? Emancipation. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, okay. Um, I think we have to leave here now. The people are still listening. This was obviously episode seven of season three. Uh, was titled Too Much Birthday, directed by Lawrence Scafaria and written by Georgia Pritchett and Tony Roche. Hold on, hold on. Before we go, what do you think about Kendall's dress sense? I think it's a choice. So the jacket with the big chain. I think it's a neck. So basically, I was at I was at Whiskey's concert yesterday. Where are you? And, you fucking snake. And um, not that you look so rough, you fucking so snake. I think I'm going next week, actually. I was already feeling rough for the concert. Um, Chris Brown came out, as everybody knows right now. And he was, at least to my eye, he was dressed in a way that was so distinctly American <laughs> that I was like, this is not like... If he was walking down to you, like, this guy is not from here like he's dressed like an american <laughs> and I, I don't know so i'm not going to criticize ken maybe that's maybe that's what works in in new york well ken is york like scene. sort of like uh sort of like a typical white walk you know liberal ish person in it mm. i'm liberal you know blm listen to rap music i like sneakers all the bots ticking all like, the boxes well his playlist was Yes, exactly. His place yeah. is good like he's not he's not he's not wrong and it'll be a session is running long we don't lose our viewers um, congrats to you 50 episodes we've done it man congrats Chinedu congrats to Buka congrats to something else man um, well is there something else I have to congratulate you about I didn't know the baby stuff was, was public are we publicizing that uh, not the baby but the girlfriend they might be Ooh, is that <laughs> is that exclusive okay uh, I'm leaving that in I'm leaving that in the podcast oh gosh okay anyway you get exclusive in Obi-Wan's private life don't be surprised if he's in less episodes now because <laughs> people don't have my time um, he's explaining myself Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so finally, um shout out Jibs. Shout out to me. Shout out Jibs, my co-host. Shout out our producer, Zipka Namani, social producer Chinedi. Shout out to Moti Ongushino, who we Shout out to Moti, what guy? Helped us with this episode. Um Yeah, man, shout out to you guys for listening. Join us next week when we're talking about episode eight of Succession, titled Kianti Shah. Directed by the boy, Mark Milo. 
written by the boy Jesse Armstrong. They're back for the final two episodes of the season. Oof, such a heavyweight, such a heavyweight episode right there. It's their mother's wedding. Join us next week, man. And you know what, guys? We'll be joined by Daniel Kalia. Go Packers. Okay. <laughs>